Well, we may have to reintroduce ourselves here. It's been a while since the old Midnight Blue and Gold Launchpad podcast has taken place. And we always introduce ourselves, but, uh, you know, it's been a good three weeks, maybe a month. We apologize for that, but, you know, life... Life happens. It sure does. Anyway, to reintroduce ourselves, I'm Rocket Ryan Brandt, joined by... Pat Jillick. A.K.A. P.J. Thriller. That's what the women called him back at good old uh, University of Toledo. And, of course, the man on the dials making a sound as good as humanly possible, the one, the only, Kyle W. Smith. We have a special guest tonight. In fact, you know, most of the guys we've interviewed over the past number of episodes have been guys that, you know, we knew from college or, or uh, you know, like Brent Balbinot, Jim Heller, voices. We actually have a, a guy fresh out of the University of Toledo, and... He is Drew Rossi. In fact, the name Rossi, if you're a Toledo fan, should strike up a lot of memories for you. His his dad, Steve, tight end on that 95 Vegas Bowl championship game, that uh, team, I should say, that won the first ever NCAA football game in overtime, 40-37 to over Nevada. Great player on that team. And, of course, Drew, the tight end, number 89, the old 8-9er, as I like to call him. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. It's definitely a great opportunity. I'm excited. Okay, so fresh off uh, a training camp invite. That had to be pretty exciting when you found out that, hey, uh, the Baltimore Ravens came a calling. Oh, yeah, definitely exciting. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where, like, when I started playing football as a kid, you dream of, you know, having the opportunity to play at the next level. And, you know, just getting my foot in the door is definitely, a, you know, a great opportunity. And it was it was an awesome experience for sure. How long were you down in Baltimore and uh, at the mini camp? So I, I flew down Thursday and they did all the, their kind of like pre stuff, like measurables and stuff then. And then, you know, we had practice Friday, Saturday, and then meetings on Sunday. And then we, I flew back Sunday and toward the middle of the day. Didn't get home till late that day. Okay. It had to be, you know, it was a long shot to begin with because you were a, a free agent. Basically, it was a tryout. And you said that in before we started recording that, they said some positive things about you and then talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, they, the, my traits I've always looked at of a player is I, I, I like to preach about intelligence and how smart you are when you play the game of football. Cause everyone thinks football is just about brute force when you look at right. an outsider, but there's so much more little things that go into the game. And I think that's what the Ravens really saw in me is that they give a lot of their players and draftees and undrafted free agents the playbook a little earlier than the tryout guys. So a lot of their guys had the playbook on Tuesday, Wednesday of that, that week. So they've already had five days to look over the playbook before practice. So I get there and I have a day and a half. I think I may have had only, he gave me the playbook at 8 PM on Friday and I practiced the fo- the following, no 8 PM on, Thursday and I got practice on Friday. So it wasn't a quick turnaround. And he was pretty impressed in how long quickly I picked up the playbook or the the install from those two days. So that was kind of a big selling point. Well, you are a Toledo grad. So, I mean, you're smart like Pat and I. So, there you go. <laughs> so, Drew, talk a little bit about uh, your playing career at Powell and uh, the transition from high school or at Olin Tangi High. Liberty. Liberty. Uh, I forgot there's more than one Olin Tangi. Oh, yeah. So many more now. Yeah, there there used to be like one, now there's 82, I think. Right. (laughs) Talk about your transition from high school to to college, uh, to stepping foot on UT's campus, and then 
and then the movement from there and into your uh, postgraduate work and and the transition into pro pro mini camp. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think through high school, uh, it was honestly a great experience because I guess Powell or One Tangent Liberty, all those schools are Division One in Ohio, and it did a competition, and you know the the. I guess the amount of people we had kind of made it simulate kind of like, I guess I wouldn't say it's close to a college practice, but you know, it's, it has, gives a similar feeling of, of all those people and the length of practice. And like, you know, we, we I mean, it can really help me get ready for Toledo. And then, you know, we coming off of my senior year, we lose in the state semis. And, you know, like it, it was definitely probably one of my more memorable experience of football was my senior year of high school. So it really set me up for Toledo. And then when I, I got to Toledo, you know, I'm excited as a freshman, uh, not expecting to do much there, to be honest with you, my first year. I really was thinking, oh, I'm going to come in redshirt, get ready for my, you know, redshirt freshman year like my dad did. And I'm going to come in and, you know, win the starting job. And, you know, things change. Uh, we had a medical, some or one of our tight ends were medically DQ'd. And I had to, you know, play as a freshman and step in and be that blocking tight end that they missed out on because of an injury. So. And you won a MAC championship. Yeah, no, that that definitely was. Yeah, I got a ring out of it, and you know, like, and it's one of those things where I can look at that ring and be like, yeah, I helped the team. You know, I may not have been the the leading receiver because they had plenty of receivers then, but I know I I helped the team and I played a good amount of snaps that game. Yeah, you averaged fifteen yards a catch. That's not bad for a tight end. Oh yeah, no, it was definitely one of my favorite years for sure. Plus, especially playing with all those guys that you know went on to play in the NFL. I mean, it was it was a great team for sure. No kidding. How much did your dad have an influence on you coming to wear the midnight blue and gold? Um, you know, it wasn't as much as what people probably think, honestly. My dad, you know, he always told me at a young age, because I always, you know, grew up a Toledo fan because of him. I always like, oh, I want to go play for the Rockets, like when I'm a young kid. And he always told me, you know, he goes, if you can go somewhere bigger, go somewhere bigger. He goes, don't just think you're going to play for Toledo because I did. You know, he, he wanted what was best for me. He didn't want mm-hmm. to just go to Toledo because of Toledo. But, you know, ultimately, I, I I had a couple bigger schools in Toledo, but it just you know, it was one of those things where I grew up there. I lived in Perrysburg when I was really young. So I, I've been around the area, went to a lot of games, and you know, it was basically a second home for me. So it didn't really have anything to do with his decision. It was more of my decision. Who, who else offered you? Um, I had an offer from a lot of Mac schools, if I can name off the top of my head. I'm trying to think. So I had, I had Kent State. I had OU. I had Miami, Air Force, uh, I had Illinois, and I think I had maybe one more other than all those. But a lot of the Mac schools probably would have offered me, but, you know, I, I kind of, like, was telling them I'm not going to commit there because I was if I was going to go Mac, I was going to go Toledo, and I think most Mac schools knew that. Right, right. Did the uh, coaching staff at Toledo have, have a significant influence on, on you coming to – to the Bancroft High campus? Um, yeah, it did. It definitely did. It was weird, though, because I was actually offered by uh, uh, by Campbell and his staff. So my, okay. my I was offered my sophomore year, sophomore, junior year. I think it was sophomore, end of sophomore year of high school. And that was when Matt Campbell was still there. And so he was actually the one that extended the invite. Well, then again, uh, Candle was still the OC at the time. So, and it, my offer kind of, you know, trickled down to him when he was a head coach because he was an offensive coordinator. He definitely had a say in my offer as a sophomore. So, nice. Never any thought of, of heading out to Iowa State. 
Oh no, I didn't have the opportunity. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't want me then. I mean, the Iowa State's a, it's a great school. I mean, I would have wished, but I mean, it's a, plus it's pretty far away. I, I like how nice Toledo is. How close it is right. to home for sure. It definitely makes it easier. Oh yeah. So, sure. what made your brother uh, decide to come to Toledo? Did you uh, do a nice sales pitch on him? Give him the the tour and. Uh, Host him for a weekend? Uh, no, I actually never had the opportunity to host him. I mean, he uh, he came up for some stuff, but as you know, he was a walk on. Uh, he got hurt his in his uh, junior, uh, I think sophomore and junior year of, of high school. Which, if you're familiar with that, those are pretty big times in recruiting for mm-hmm. high school students. It's not a lot as your senior year as it is your junior and sophomore year. So he missed out on a lot of good film and time. So not a lot of schools are able to watch him, but. You know, I think the reason he decided to come is, like I said, he, he he wanted to be, you know, around his family and, you know, around like wasn't to say around me specifically, but it felt like home to him as well. It's one of those things where, I mean, we've been to Toledo. I was I'd probably been to 10, 15 Toledo games, you know, growing up since as a kid before I even stepped foot on campus. And that's, you know, that's just a big thing. You know, I'd sideline passes from my dad when I was like five. So, you know, it's an experience you'll never, you know, not re- remember. You know, it's one of those things where. As on a, as a kid on the sidelines, and it's such a cool experience, no matter where you are. So, oh yeah, that's really cool. So, talk a little bit about. I don't want to say what was your favorite game or your favorite moment. Talk talk about your favorite moments on the field at UT, or or you know if you got a favorite game or a favorite experience on the field at, at Toledo. I mean, it, there are so many uh, up top of my head. I mean, obviously the MAC title game my freshman year was awesome. It was it, that's. <laughs> But in that game and being a part of that team was awesome. You know, the, after, you know, the final play and everyone's going crazy, it's, you know, it's, it's, it was something else. And then the bus ride home from Detroit was awesome. People were, you know, flipping out on the bus. It was the loudest bus ride I've ever been a part of, you know, because we accomplished our season goal. But, I mean, if, if we're going toward the end of my career, we had a couple – I mean, always the bull trips are always fun. The bull games for me weren't always as successful, but, you know, the trips and, you know, being a part with the team's always fun. I wouldn't say it was more of the moments in particular. It was just being around my teammates that, you know, that are now lifelong friends. You know, that's, I guess, the biggest thing. Very cool. Now, my, my favorite Drew Rossi moment was back in 2019. It was raining. It was overtime. We had left the game because we're old and sissies and went over to a stubborn brother and, uh, you caught the game-winning touchdown. That had to be a, a sweet feeling. That Eastern Michigan versus Eastern Michigan. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it definitely was a a great feeling. I I remember it. You know, like like it's you know I play it back in my head. You know, I I have the clip saved. You know, so if I ever just <laughs> want to show my kids one day, hopefully they you know they'll be able to see it, and I can tell them that's what your dad's done and what he did in his time. So hopefully you're better than him. But uh, <laughs> looking at it, I mean it it's just one of those things where you can't really describe the feeling when it happened. You know, it's, it's more of a, I look at it now and think it's awesome. And, you know, I, I, I thank my quarterback at that time. I have Eli Peters at the helm who I always knew was a great quarterback and, you know, loved when he was out there. So, I mean, just, you know, the, the importance of that game, because we were at a time and, you know, place where our team wasn't as successful as we were hoping at the beginning of the year. So it kind of, you know, gave us a nice win that we really needed to get our season kind of back afoot, you know? Absolutely. And I, I think, like you said, just, you know, the, the, uh, the, the fact that you were able to play with Eli and probably drew a great connection with him and, and you know, hopefully, or, you know, those become lifelong friends, 
you know, through through the uh, camaraderie you had on the field. <clears throat> yeah, but how was the experience of going to the Golden Dome and playing in South Bend at Notre Dame? Oh yeah, that I mean that's that's also you know one of those things I'm gonna remember for the rest of my life. You know, Notre Dame is such a prestigious university, and you know, of, of such a good reputation of a of great football program. So you know. Getting to go there to that iconic, uh, you know, stadium and area is just, you know, it was incredible. I mean, between riding in the bus ride there and all the fans booing us, you know, walking on the floor, getting booed, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I'm not, I'm not mad because it, like, I, I, I would be mad if they weren't booing me, kind of deal, you know, right? Fact, <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was and, awesome. And the fact that you guys played so well as you did, you know, when we were walking out, right, we were all at the game, and when we were walking out. You know, all in our Toledo gear. We had so many Notre Dame fans coming up to us saying, "You guys should have won that game. You should have won that game." And the the respect that you guys gained from all the Notre Dame fans that day was was amazing. Yeah, no, and that's what my family even told me too. They're all telling them. I'm sure every Toledo fan got told that walking out because you know it's all those Notre Dame fans really. You know, they weren't going to say they were going to stomp us, but they they really expected you know to come in there and you know beat us pretty good. But I mean, we had other plans and. I'm just I'm just happy it worked out the way it did. You know, it would have been nice to say we got the win, but you know, like looking back on it, I mean, it, it yeah, you get, definitely uh, you can keep our head held high in that game. We we, we fought really. Oh yeah, we fought hard. you opened some some eyes nationally that day. I, I admit I'm still heartbroken. I mean, I I didn't, <laughs> I didn't play. I I just I just sweated. I sat up in the stands and sweated. But uh, <laughs> you know, to be that close, uh, obviously disappointing. But uh, like you said, you gained some respect and. You know, my thought process, and this is, you know, as I said, I'm not on the team. I thought the season could go one of two ways. You guys can come out of there inspired or maybe have a letdown. And it uh, looked like that happened against Colorado State the next week. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I guess going off of that, you know, it's it's one of those things where I think we got a little too high. You know, you can never get too high or too low when you play the game of football. You know, it's, Right. It's one of the most humbling games, you know, or humbling experiences or actions or whatever you want to call this sport. I mean, it 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 really is a truly defining sport to as a man. So if if you take the game like Notre Dame game, which I mean, a lot of us considered it a win just because of how good we did. We come out the next week and, you know, we think we're just, oh, we played with Notre Dame. So, I mean, it just shows you anyone can beat you. If, right. Uh, I mean, it's not like Colorado State wasn't a good team. They were physical, and they just they beat us. I mean, there's nothing that we can say that would fix that game. And they had a tight end. I think they got drafted fairly high, didn't they? Yeah, he was really he was really good. He really you know he beat us pretty good, especially him specifically. I remember he had a really good game against us. Stat line was. So um, the fact that you know it didn't work out in Baltimore, but that's not the end of your football road. What's up next for Drew Rossi? Hopefully, um, you know, I get another invite somewhere to come try out, you know, at an OTA or a camp or something. You know, I'm just trying to get my foot back in the door. It was already in the door a little bit. I made some good connections with, you know, the Ravens staff and, you know, the tight end coach, and they have me on their radar. So then that's all I can really ask for. You know, I can't go in there expecting, you know, to be signed right away. Like, that's just not how someone in my shoes works. I mean, the NFL is a very prestigious, you know, group of people. So, you know, if I just get, can get another opportunity, that's all I can ask for, and I'll give it the best shot I have. You know, and if it doesn't work out, I have two degrees, and I, you know, I'm ready to start my life with my hopefully future family. Right, uh, and I met the the lovely Logan last week. When uh, so, long story short, uh, 
I, I sold him back his jersey. Oh, nice. $50. I said $50.89. I'll waive the 89 cents if you come on the podcast. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's worth at least uh, a buck, buck 78. He sold the oh, guy yeah. his own jersey back. Yeah. So, very I mean, cool. Yeah, I figured uh, he's got his MBA. He's got a bright future out of him. He can, he can afford 50 bucks. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm good with that. I mean, it was, I appreciate you giving me the jersey back, you know? <laughs> oh, it was uh, it was nice to meet you and Logan and uh, and everything like that. Now, you have quite quite the athletic family. Of course, we talked about Nick, your brother, your your dad, Steve. You have a sister, Reagan, who's a college volleyball player, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, she is. She uh, She's over at Wheeling right now in West Virginia, and, you know, they're a very good – a volleyball program uh division so, two right yep yep and they're you know usually nationally ranked and you know they i think they made it pretty far in their tournament in division two and uh, they almost made it to the, i think the, re, the the final four i believe i think they made it to the lead eight last year and they lost so the regional final but you know she you know she plays a lot she plays you know all the way around she can play back row front row she's a pretty athletic i mean we like to say in our family she's the most competitive out of us three kids for sure (laughs) (laughs) you guys ever get a uh like a pickup volleyball game with uh, other people and uh you nick and reagan and and uh take them on take on all comers or anything oh yeah i always i always you know i'm always one of those people who love showing up reagan at volleyball she gets mad (laughs) i'm always trying to push her buttons when it comes to volleyball so whenever i get that chance i like you know show her up a little bit but she i mean she's a volleyball player so she usually gets the best of me whenever we play (laughs) and you wonder why she's so competitive huh oh yeah (laughs) me and nick she's the youngest she had to be so Drew, I just wanted to touch on one thing that Ryan had talked about, you know, with what your 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 future plans are. Have you get in this day and age, have you given any thought to other leagues, uh, the USFL, the XFL, or or Canadian football? I've I've thought about it. You know, it's one of those things where um I look I look back and I say to myself, you know, is it is it worth me, you know, keep playing the sport that can be re- very, you know, dangerous. I mean, if you think about it, like right. I want, I don't, I want to grow old and be able to use my body and help, you know, play catch with my kids one day. So, you know, right. it, it's definitely going to be one of those decisions where I'm going to talk over with my fiance, with my family. And if, if that's what comes next, that's what comes next. If not, you know, I'll, I have a finance degree and, I, and I'm going to use that. So it's, you know, it's still up in the air, but you know, I'm still not leaning yeah. either way yet. It's going to kind of depend on what happens with this whole NFL thing. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you want to be able to to uh, push the numbers when you be, when you do become a CFO of an NFL team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. What is your goal uh, with your MBA? What, what would you like to do? Do you have any any plans, any thoughts down the road? Um, I've thought about a bunch of stuff. You know, it kind of just depends on, you know, where I can start off at. I think a lot of times with this profession, I feel like once you get your foot in the door, it kind of helps you just find your career. You know, there's not really a set path for a finance degree. There's a lot of different options you can do with it. So whether that's, you know, being a CFO somewhere, whether that's, you know, being a financial advisor, whether that's being, I mean, I even thought about athletic director because of how much finance they have to deal with. So, you know, I mean, I think it can go either way, you know, I, I really have no plan. You know, it's whoever wants to, to hire me when, if, if after the NFL and football's over, you know, I'll, I'll give them my all and then wherever that may lead me and maybe that'll be my final goal. Maybe I'll go somewhere else, you know? Yeah. So have you been in contact with any of your teammates that are out in other camps right now and, and caught up on how they're doing? 
Um, not recently. I haven't really talked to many of the guys that are in my class per se. I think one of the only, the one of the people I actually keep in contact with a lot is uh, Reggie Gilliam for the Bills. Me and him okay. talk because obviously I was we were I mean we were the same position and we we right. played together for quite some time and you know that that was one of my better friends when he was around. So we still keep also one of our possible future guests. Oh yeah, I know that'd be awesome. I'll have to tell you I did it. So hopefully he'll he'll jump on board too. There you go. I will say Drew did it. Come on now. Yeah, I'll I'll peer, I'll peer pressure him into it. Maybe. Is, yeah. What are everybody's? What are you afraid? Everybody's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, taking taking a look at uh, the rest of of your your college career, what can you say that that you brought or you got out of your experience at the University of Toledo? What was the most the most uh, impressive thing that you got from the university? I mean, obviously, the, the 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 thing that really sticks out to me is obviously the two degrees. Uh, you know, it's something that I mean, even Coach Candle preached that. You know, that you can't take that away from me anymore. You know, like football can be taken away in one snap, kind of deal. But you know, right. if two degrees can never be taken away from you. It's something I'll have the rest of my life. And along with that, I talked about friendships. You know, like I have so many friends now. There, people are going to be in my wedding that I played football with. You know, like it's it's, and they'll be lifelong friends. And then, you know, the, I guess the last thing for me would just be the, the experience in general and being part of an, like an, a Toledo alumni now. Like I'm a part of a Toledo football alumni, you know, like all these like past players, you know, like, like we're rooting for Toledo and I'll forever be a fan of Toledo football because I've played there and I'm, I'm not, I want nothing but the best for the program itself. So unless you're in a, on an NFL roster in the fall, we can expect you to see you in the glass ball stands next year cheering on your brother. Oh, yeah. If, if I'm if I'm doing nothing that weekend, I, I definitely will be trying to cheer on my brother and the Rockets as best of my ability. And you better step by the old number 11 bus out there. For a tailgate. Oh, yeah. No, I'll definitely be around the tailgates. I, that's something I've never actually been able to do. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Between I, I've seen your dad. Your dad a few times in lot ten. He he knows how to have a good time. Oh yeah, no he he enjoys it a lot. He's that's one of his probably his favorite parts. He thinks the games are stressful sometimes. You know how <laughs> he's got to get a little relaxation in before the game. Oh yeah. What do you think about the future of uh, the University of Toledo? I know um, you know a lot of people. You know, and, and we've talked about it in the past here that uh, you know things have not gone the way we had hoped, and I'm sure you guys have hoped. Um, you know a little bit above 500 and uh, this, you know, with the new coaches, the assistant coaches, coach Candle brought in, I, I mean, the future does look bright. I mean, Daquan Finn's a, a good quarterback and uh, can only get better. Yeah. No, I mean, looking at the future of the Rockets from an outsider looking in, like I'm, I'm not trying to be biased at all when I talk about them because you know, it's, it's not what you guys want to hear is me just, you know, telling you guys the, the perfect story about how the season's going to go. I think, now I think the offense is going to look a lot better than what it has the last three years, especially when I was there, because we struggled at time. And I, I think that has to do with, you know, a lot of it, the, the fact that we're running a two quarterback system was probably a, definitely a hard thing to deal with because right. It, it, I mean, it's, it's tough, especially as a quarterback, you know, you're not fully, you know, believed in, I guess, by everyone. It's tough to probably perform that way. And a lot of those guys have to know a lot. And I think DQ is really going to help fill that role. When I said DQ, Daquan Finn, you know, he's going to, right. 
he's going to really step into that role. I think now that he's, you know, kind of solidified himself. And I think now that, you know, he's going to be out there every play and he's going to build that chemistry with the offense. I think it's, you know, really going to help that offense, you know, get, do a lot more than we have in years past. And how about looking five, 10 years down the road? I mean, I know it's kind of hard to predict that, but uh, it's one of those things where you look at the facilities at UT, arguably the best in the MAC, maybe one of the better ones in in a so-called uh, group of five. Um, I would like to think and hope to think that things will only get better from here. Yeah, no, I, like I said, it's going to depend on, you know, the Toledo's uh, the process, you know, um, Coach Candle's contracts, you know, starting to come up. So depending on what they decide to do there, you know, if he stays, I think he's going to be a great coach there. If he leaves, you know, it's, it's his decision and that's the university decision. But looking at the, you know, the place as a whole, I think it's definitely a top target. I mean, there's a reason why we get the first recruiting class in the MAC almost every year. Um, the facilities, the people, and, you know, like the, how much the, the city loves football. I mean, there's not many places in the MAC where the city really buys in. We get the, probably one of the best attendance rates in the MAC, and you know, and it shows. So, very good. Um, so, in uh, summary, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up here in a few minutes. Just wanted to say thank you, uh, Drew, for joining us tonight. Um, found out you've given us a little insight into what the whole process is to going to an NFL training camp and, and a little bit about your history. And, and we really appreciate you joining us. And uh, we uh, love the fact that you're going to be forever be a midnight blue and gold fan. For sure. Yeah. I appreciate you having me. It was definitely a good time talking about it. You know, not many people want to listen to me rant about my old, you know, old <laughs> rocket. You'd be surprised. <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> this might be the most listened to podcast of them all. You never know. <laughs> Let's hope. I mean, it's, it was definitely a good experience. I appreciate you guys having me for sure. It was a, it was a very fun time. All right. That wraps up another midnight blue and gold launch pad podcast. I'm Ryan Brandt, AKA rocket Ryan. And I'm Pat Jillick saying good night, everybody. Thanks for joining.